0: Welcome to The Numbers Game, it's episode 140, I'm Jace and I'm here with Nick and Marty and I'm feeling great and energised for another great episode, how are we going fellas?
1: Going well mate, I don't know if I could match that level of energy right there Jace. Uh very very uh, enthusiastic and invigorated so good to have you back after your barley belly from the previous episode and uh, dominating as usual, I'm good, going well. Uh, watching a bit of the World Cup cricket, seeing the Aussies dominate. Geez, there's some big scores going on over there. It, uh, you know, it used to be back in the 80s that you'd be happy to get 220 runs, 230 runs off 50 overs, pretty much ensure that you're going to win the game. Now you've got to be hitting 350, 400. T20 has just taken uh, 50 over cricket to another level. Good to watch amazing cricket go Aussies hope we win Nick how are you
2: my friend I'm going well too mate I um I actually every time I turn KO on there is something that comes up on the World Cup but I just haven't been able to get to it I don't know what it is but I think I'm falling out of love with cricket there's just so many things to watch now and um, we're going to talk about this today but it's sport is so much more accessible uh, than it used to be for us you know they've got the NBA on at the moment you've got The NFL, you've got obviously the NBLs kicked off, Formula One. Everyone loves Formula One because there's two Aussies. Uh, Everyone's golf mad now. It's not just me. All the young kids are getting into golf. I kind of feel like cricket's not on the outer, but for me, it's... Every time I see it, I'm like, geez, I should watch that. But I just... Then I I don't. Um, Rugby Union's been on. uh, NRL, there's some international stuff happening. So, just sport everywhere. And obviously, you know, we're... uh, We've got horse racing as well, which, you know, Melbourne's just had the spring carnival. So, yeah, plenty going on, Um, but I don't know how I'm going to find time to watch cricket. Maybe I'll just get the highlights from you, or the updates. Didn't Australia score 400 or something the other day on a smaller ground?
1: Yeah, I'm not (laughs) glad I brought cricket up. It shows you how far we've come, like, watching cricket and football. Uh, 20 yeah. years ago to now you just listed probably about 20 other sports yeah, that people are taking it used, precedent.
2: I guess where I was going with that is cricket used to be all we could watch, you know. That's Channel right. 9 had the cricket and some mm. other stuff. Um, Richie Beno. Richie yes. Beno. But now we're just so exposed. And I think the other thing is we've got – um, young talent that's that's going into these other areas, whether it's, you know, NBA, there's quite a lot of young Aussies in the NBA mm. now that you just, you have an interest in it, you know, that you might not have had before. And Do you have a favourite?
1: Jack- Do you have a favourite, Nick?
2: A favourite sport? Yeah. Um, probably, probably basketball. If it's what I enjoy mm. watching the most, it'd be the NBA, I actually love watching NFL. I just can't find the time because um, it's such a long game and you you need to watch it from start to finish, I think, to really get into it. You can't watch the KO minis. Um, but KO do a, a mini um, on the NBA, which takes about 28 minutes um, yeah. for it to watch pretty much nearly every point in, in, in a game without all the stuff in between that. And um, that's a great way if you want to watch just solid basketball without all the rubbish in between. Um, get on the KO mini. So do I do enjoy watching those a lot.
0: Um excited to get into today. Um and un- if you know, it's gonna be a very sports heavy episode just to kind of bit of a um behind the scenes of what's happening. But before we crack into it, just wanna make mention to obviously the newest sponsor the new major sponsor of the numbers game. You've heard all about future advisory and innovate for many, many, you know, 138 episodes. So it's time mm-hmm after all those to start talking about other things. So big thank you again to Dashboard Insights, uh, which is a technology or app platform that helps you transform your data into real-time interactive dashboards, giving you a visual representation of your business's performance. Um, different industries. So whether you're in accounting, professional services, sales and marketing, transport, logistics, manufacturing, um, dashboards can be made for all different industries. So don't feel like this isn't something you can check out and have a look how it works. Um, Free demos as well. So chat to the team, dashboardinsights.com and go and see the true power of how one of those dashboards can help your business today. And um, get behind them as well with a bit of support. So go and like and follow their pages too, just like you have with the numbers game. Nick, what is happening today with the episode? What have you got for us?
2: Uh, Well, continuing on the theme of sport, um, I thought we'd talk about the business side of sport Um, and go a bit deeper on that. And it's um, when I started looking at some of the numbers from the business side, I was I was really. Really baffled, to be honest. Like I, I assumed there was big money in some sports and sports teams, but I actually had no idea how big it was. So I thought it'd be good to unpack that today, um, talk about some some teams we know, some teams we might not follow, um, and just give people an understanding of, you know, how, how do these teams, whether it's, you know, uh, NFL, NBA, soccer, how do they afford to pay their players what they do? So... That's, that's the thing that I always think. You see, the the only real thing we hear about sports, particularly international sports and money, is how much the players are getting paid. So, yeah, hopefully going to give some people some background as to why that can actually happen. So, we'll unpack that and um, keen to get your opinion on it, Marty. See how that compares to the Aussie cricket team and what what they're making and what those guys are making.
1: Yeah, they're struggling out at Huddles Creek Cricket Club too. <laughs> We're looking for new sponsors because... Uh... Yeah, you know, the players are getting fifty bucks every time they make a hundred. So I'm assuming your numbers are going to be slightly bigger than that. Nick, slightly so really bigger,
2: slightly bigger. But you know, there's you never know. You never know. with A little bit more exposure <laughs> out of Hoddles Creek. Who knows where it could go? But um, this all started with I read an article on uh, Russell Crowe and the South Sydney Rabbitohs. So uh, for those that don't know, the South Sydney Rabbitohs are an NRL rugby league team uh, in the west of Sydney. Um Russell Crowe bought the Rabbitohs, um seventeen years ago for four point five million. So not sure if any of you boys remember that, but it was a big thing uh when he came in. He was like the savior. Um for anyone that understands the NRL, it's quite a uh it's quite a battle out in the West. There are a lot of teams in the West of Sydney, um, and they do struggle. They struggle for funding and they struggle for money. So when Russell comes in, he's come in as a savior. Um almost similar to the to the Dallas Mavs um, and what happened with, um, what's his name, Jace? Um, oh, Mark Cuban. Cuban. Mark, Mark Cuban. Cuban, yeah. So anyway, so Russell comes in and buys the South Sydney Rabbitohs for $4.5 million 17 years ago. Um, some other um, noticeable shareholders, James Packer uh, and Mike Cannon-Brooks uh, from Atlassian. So some big names in there. So you'd think these guys come in and they do something good. So... They've now ten uh, x their money, and the Rabbitohs are now worth forty six million dollars um, in seventeen years. So, it made me think, well, why? So, there's still a similar amount of teams in the NRL. Um, how does a rugby league team go from four and a half million to forty six million in ten years time, seventeen years time? Um, any idea why? Who wants to have a guess at why there'd be such an uplift?
0: Oh, I I don't want to guess, but I just want to tell you from an accounting brain point of view, valuations get me really excited. So I am interested to know how the numbers all come together because, you know, when you think about if, if Russell Crowe had put four and a half million into property, that probably would have at best doubled every 10 years. So he Mm -hmm. might've had $10 million and instead as an investment, you know, if the everyday punter would be able to buy into Mm. sporting organizations, woof. Wow, wait, so no, just interested in, in figuring out, I mean, the, I'm sure between merchandise and ticket sales and whatnot, there's different things, but I'm sure you're going to unpack it in a much better way than what my accounting brain is doing at the moment.
2: And just on that, you can, a lot of these international teams, a lot of them are listed, so you can get involved. Um, so Marty, any idea? You have a guess? How do you get 10X?
1: I just think that uh, ticket sales and the general the general public coming in a Merch, wouldn't have that scalability at ten x. So I'm thinking, accessibility, technology, digital streaming, uh, reach. I think mm. it would all probably play some some part in it. Off the top of my head. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, you're pretty much spot on. So if we look at the the five most common ways that sporting clubs generate revenue, um, and you relate to this with Hoddle Creek, they will be most of this will make sense to you, Marty. I would have thought. Um, ticket sales, number one. Merchandise number two broadcasting rights number three sponsorships number four and marketing number five and i'm I'm sure there's some some things outside of that, but that's where uh that's where most of their money is made and as you pointed out Marty ticket sales and merchandise where well, you can only do so much um mm. very much linked to well ticket sales how much capacity can your stadium hold um and merchandise how many people are out there but what has gone crazy uh, in the in recent times are broadcasting rights which then goes into sponsorship and then goes into marketing deals. So you think about broadcasting uh, 15 years ago and if you wanted to watch something in this country you would uh, you would watch as we just suggested you watch the cricket on Channel 9 um, mm-hmm. or if you're fortunate enough you might have had a pay TV subscription and been able to watch um, Foxtel back then. Um, Whereas now you've got access to to Ko, uh, YouTube, um, think of all the other streaming, um, uh, the other streaming apps out there, Netflix, um, Stan. Um, now obviously they don't play basketball or they don't play NFL, but there's a lot of documentaries on them. Um, so we just have so much more access and so much more ability to pay. You you can get an NBA subscription. I think it's about three hundred and seventy-five or four hundred bucks a year, and you can pretty much watch any NBA game, any highlight you want. And I I assume that would be the same for the NFL and also for, for soccer and, and whatnot as well. So to put this into perspective, we'll talk about the NFL first. So the NFL collectively over the next 10 years um, with all of their broadcasting agreements um, are going to generate just over $100 billion in revenue just from broadcasting. Wow. Does anyone know? You might know, Jace, what was the AFL deal with Channel, with Channel Seven? Is it Channel Seven? Who's got the oh, AFL I reckon,
0: now? I reckon a billion would be a billion? A, One billion, one or two billion max. I reckon.
2: Yeah. So a hundred, a hundred billion plus, um, just for the NFL. Um, and this is the crazy thing: it's a one hundred percent increase on their last deal, or the last deals that that, that they had done.
0: Seven-year broadcast deal, four point five billion. Just to put it in perspective, sorry to go. There Kane. you go. Seven years, yeah. four point five billion compared to ten-year, one hundred billion.
2: Yep. Wow. So collectively, globally, as a, um, well, as the world, I guess <laughs> I was going to about to say as a country, but um, <laughs> as a human race, uh, fifty billion dollars is spent annually on sports media rights. So think about that, right? So um, the NBA, th- we talk about that then goes into, you know, more more eyes on on players, more eyes on games that then obviously increases um, marketing opportunities and, and, and sponsorship. So this one, this is not a big number, but this really got me, but the NBA has an eight year deal with Nike simply to supply um, the NBA players with their uniform, which is worth a billion dollars. So... You know, I guess that's indirectly um, marketing, but this is just to give the players their, their playing uniforms. Um, the um, Nike is paid.
0: Is that Nike paying the NBA a billion dollars and they're going to supply the uniforms?
2: Correct. Yeah. Eight-year deal, but, you know, eyes on the uniforms, you know, and so many more eyes on the uni- Like you think about, um, I don't know, I'll just think about how many kids in remote countries would never have been able to watch the NBA. That can watch mm. the NBA now, like it's just it's just crazy, and it it, it really makes you understand well how it's blown up and, and why they're worth so much. So obviously the South Sydney Rabbitohs on a much lower level, but are experiencing a similar thing. So then it got me thinking, well, how much money are these are these groups actually making? So I picked out a couple of franchises that most of us will know. Uh, first one being the Golden State Warriors. Anyone who follows NBA will know about the Warriors. They've been on a pretty good run the last ten years or so. Uh, Manchester United, um, Miami. Everyone knows about the Miami soccer club or football club now because most people have watched the uh, the Posh and Beck's doco. So most people are uh, in, you know, at least interested in what um, Beckham is doing with Miami and also the Dallas Cowboys, which is the creme de la creme basically of the NFL. So Dallas Cowboys current valuation is nine. Billion US, so nine billion US dollars um, turnover. So total revenues for the Dallas Cowboys one point one four billion dollars. And Marty, this is a number that you'll really like. Um, profit before tax five hundred million. So running it above a fifty percent uh, net profit margin, um, give or take. So not bad for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Golden State Warriors seven point seven billion dollar. Uh, valuation 765 million dollars in annual revenues give or take um, with just under 80 million dollars in profit um, Manchester United so here's one that'll um, I'm actually keen to get your opinions on this Manchester United 3 billion valuation 648 million in revenue 42 million dollar loss. <laughs> For the Manchester United Soccer Club. And that wow. that is very common for Premier League clubs to run at a loss. So any idea why that might be, Marty? Why would soccer clubs be running at a loss?
1: There's something wrong with the ratios there. So they're paying someone too much. Um Yeah, that would be yeah. my thought process around yeah. it.
0: Yeah. I'd say I'd say it's so competitive, the price they've got to pay players to come and yeah. jump across. They're yep. probably over overpaying wages and players Definitely. player salaries and yep. I guess relying on their brand value to to keep the business afloat.
2: Yeah, spot on. So this is a this is a stat I found I found mind boggling. Seventy percent of um, Premier League, on average, Premier League um, franchises spend seventy percent of their income on wages. Yeah, there you go. So that includes obviously players would make up a bulk of that. Um, you've obviously got uh, management and also you know people pe- people running the franchise, but How do you make money with only 30% left? Now, compare that. I couldn't get the total wages at the Golden State Warriors, but I do have player expenses. So the Golden State Warriors, in contrast, spend 14% of their revenue on players. Huge -hmm. difference. What I also managed to find out um, was that when clubs are uh, elevated in the Premier League, so they they win their league or they win their cup or I'm not sure what the exact words are, and they go to the next level. Um, they generally spend over a hundred percent of their revenue uh, the next year on on player payments. So you think about you're in a you're in a lower league. So you've been experiencing that lower revenue and whatnot. Then you go up to the let's say you go up to the Premier League, which is the next one above. All of a sudden, you've still got the revenue of the lower club, but you've got to bring in these superstars to compete and try to go to that next level. So they mentioned three clubs. One club um, spent 175% of their annual revenue on player salaries. So basically, you've got private ownership that keep putting money in to, to, to keep these things afloat. So pretty crazy stuff. And then I got thinking, well, why? Why is it so different um, in the Premier League? And why is that so different to the NBA and the NFL? And my only suggestion could be that... NBA and NFL, they very much own areas. So you look at the Golden State Warriors, own that San Francisco area. Um, Look at the look at Dallas. There there are two NFL teams in Dallas, but um, or in in Texas, sorry, but Dallas, they own most of it. You look at the NBA, you've got that whole Los Angeles area. You've got two teams, and the Clippers Hmm. are reasonably young compared to the Lakers. Boston have got the Celtics.
0: Yeah, but you've got 40, 40 million people living in California and two, team, two teams to choose from, right?
2: Correct. So, whereas you compare that, and I'm not very good with soccer, so I'm I'm probably going to butcher this, but um, there's, there seems to be teams everywhere. You even got to look at the soccer stadiums. They're quite small. Um, plus, you've got how big soccer is internationally. You've got all these other leagues internationally, whether they're in um, Spain or, or, or whatnot. Whereas you look at... Um, you look at basketball; it's really the NBA. Yes, there's some some European leagues and whatnot, but no one watches them. It's all about the NBA. So, I think it's about really owning that area too, um, which makes these um, which makes these franchises go so well.
1: So, so Nick, when you look at the comparison of revenues to say a Manchester United to let's say the Mavs or Golden State, is it? Was it a similar revenue target, and it's just the wages, or are they significantly, significantly higher on revenue? They are, aren't they?
2: No, similar. Well, similar. Dallas Cowboys are an out, are an outlier. Um, yeah. But Golden State War is seven hundred and sixty million US revenue. Uh, Manchester United, this would be pounds six hundred and forty-eight million. Okay. So,
1: so it really is the the wages. So they're getting the same revenue reach. Um, it's just what they're paying the players yeah. is significantly more in to in yeah. order to hold them. I mean that's a that's a common problem with Premier League. This is going back. I remember I think it was two thousand four. Uh, Theo Pathetes, uh was an owner, and he said you always burn money on those soccer clubs when you invest in, but it's the passion, mm. and they keep rolling over the passion. But it's yeah. got to uh, it's got to do something. <laughs> Goodness me maybe it's English people
2: are, are, are different than, you know, those in the US, just just the way they spend money and what they like to do. Oh, I, I don't know, but it's, it, it's it's really interesting.
0: That'll be another interesting case study to then kind of look at down the track. It would be the the UK or European soccer or football valuations versus what's happening in the US over the next five to 10 years where, you know, it talked about um, into Miami where Lionel Messi went. Mm. Um, you had David Beckham was able to buy... Uh, the license for Miami for $25 million, um, you know, years ago uh, when he was, when he retired and finished up at LA Galaxy, that was part of his deal. And now with Messi coming to Miami, um, similar deal has been structured. You know, Messi is getting paid something like $55 million a year, turned down an offer of $440 million a year from um, like a, one of the Saudi teams that wanted him to go there. Um, but when you look at the reason why, I mean, Messi's been offered a stake in Miami and then he also has the chance at his own license to create a club at some point down the track in the um, MLS, the soccer league in, in America. But um, for David Beckham and, and Miami, they've gone from a $25 million valuation to a $600 million valuation over the last over the, over the last X amount of years. So Messi's kind of playing the long game going, well, yeah, cool. I could get $400 million a year go and play in Saudi and, you know, maybe not have as good a time. Or I'm going to go to Miami, be a bloody rock star, create something special, get paid my 55 million a year, but then have the chance at doing what Beckham's done and creating Mm. some significant wealth through the ownership of one of these sporting organizations.
2: Yeah. And just on, just on that too, Jay. So we spoke about this earlier, but Miami have a new stadium coming, which they expect is going to boost the valuation to a billion dollars plus. So, you you know, it's just crazy. And Then I started to think about, again, I don't watch about, I don't watch soccer, but soccer seems it's got that, um, like they're, they're, they're raw, they're real soccer diehards there. You know, you hear the story about the, uh, the stories about, you know, separating the crowds because, you know, everyone goes there, they, they drink and it used to be quite dangerous. There's some cool movies on it. Um, whereas the, if you look at American sport, it's so family entertainment, Based, like even the baseball, like I've been to the NFL, I've been to NBA and, and I've been to the baseball and it's an event. It's very family orientated. Um, it's all about getting kids involved. Now, I haven't been to the soccer of what soccer games and I don't feel like they do any of that. Um, so maybe it's, you know, they're attracting, they're attracting more people in. Um, there's that, I think you sent me a podcast with um, Mark Cuban, Marty. And one of the things he said yep. about the Dallas Mavericks is, we're not in the basketball game, we're in the entertainment game. Um, mm. And I talked about bringing in families, bringing in kids, which, you know, increases merchandise spend. And yeah, so it was it was crazy stuff. Um, the other thing I just wanted to mention too is um, the, I guess the, the types of businesses that now want to um, advertise or be involved with sport that didn't exist. Um, crypto is one. So the Miami Heat, um, has signed a 19-year deal um, for their for their arena worth 135 million. We um, with, with um, FTX, with, the, with which is a crypto exchange. So these are businesses that didn't exist right 10, 10 years ago. And the 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 big thing that's happening at the moment is particularly in the states is online online betting. Now it's huge in our country. Um, I think we might have spoken about the AFL in the past, but the AFL actually do get kickbacks uh, for mm. pretty much. Most bets, or every bet, or something like that, that um, that's made on the AFL. So, at the moment in the US, um, online gambling or sports gambling in general is very new. Um, there's a lot of states that haven't legalized it, but you wait to that it will continue to get legalized because there's just too much money involved. It's just a matter of time. But you watch what happens when that goes through the um, through the states and when people start getting access uh, to online betting. You look at you look at what's happening in this country, you've got the likes of Shaquille O'Neal, um, Mark Wahlberg on ads, Snoop Dogg on betting ads. So, you know, these companies are turning over massive amounts of money just to target our market share. Imagine when they've got the market share of the States and how much these sporting clubs or franchises are going to benefit for that, from that. So, the um the thing I read was only twenty seven percent of the u s population currently has access to legal mobile sports betting in their state uh Macquarie believes that will move to ninety six percent by twenty twenty five which is only Gee. two years away so wow. I guess from an investment point of view, if any of these um sporting businesses are listed, probably not a bad investment to get involved with based on some of this um some of these stats I've read out, and you just think about the money that's in that's in gambling when it does happen and it definitely will so good times ahead for sports um you know i think um yeah betting's just going to take it to a to a new level
1: yeah and you think nick in it in and jason a challenging world with a lot of dramas at the moment in various different areas and ways uh sports is exciting you know sports is really aspirational and I'm not surprised it's getting this traction. It's always it's always had that personally, but now to see it expand on such a commercial and global level, you, you can understand it. And I love the idea of uh, the it was at Miami team with Beckham own getting that upside. I thought that was an interesting statement that they are actually making money because that value wouldn't be going up unless they were increasing revenues and profitability yep. and asset position. So mm-hmm. what do they know? Compared to the Premier League in the UK, I think it's just the allocation of resources, and yeah. obviously there must be something going on in data collection and the value of that yeah. Yeah. at some level. It's um, they've obviously cracked the code that they've duplicated from NFL and NBA and and put that across now into football, soccer.
0: Yeah, Apple and Adidas did a two point five billion dollar deal with um, MLS and into Miami mm. as part of mm. a messy. Um, agreement. So just think about like the size and scale of the sponsorship deals and look, um, I've seen that many messy jerseys floating around in that pink that, you know, just I think they sold something like hundreds of thousands of those Adidas messy jerseys were sold and they were sold out everywhere for so long. So Mm. even when you think about, you know, well, merchandise doesn't make up the lion's share of that, but, you know, if you Mm. get the right player in the right jersey and, you know, can go go pretty bonkers. And one of the other lessons I was going to say on top of that part of Golden State Warriors um, net worth being up there as well is they also own their own real estate or they own their own stadium so as a business owner going if you're renting but you got the opportunity opportunity to buy your business premises this is the kind of things and the mindsets that these these sporting organizations that have been able to do to build their value likewise to you know lessons we can learn and I think being able to study you know Dallas Cowboys Mark Cuban as an entrepreneur or as a businessman bought that you know x years ago i can't remember when he bought it but he bought it for 300 million mm. it's now worth 9 billion and mm. and even the way he talks about it not being a basketball organization it's a mm. it's an entertainment business like mm. again there's lessons that can be learned here to think about how in our day-to-day lives and businesses are we thinking the right way and and looking at things you know, are we looking at things the way they've always been done, or are we thinking outside the box, like how some of these organisations have grown to where they are today?
1: Yeah, that, that's what they say. McDonald's is a real estate business, correct? Really, and that's how you need to be thinking as a business owner. Like, can you secure your own commercial premises rather than paying someone else 150 grand uh, for that privilege? So, they're the types of mindset shifts and angles you want to be thinking about because uh, they work on a on a micro level as they do on a macro level. So. It's a really good topic of discussion.
2: It's no longer about bums on seats, is it? It's all about, you know, just getting more eyes on on these games and these players, and the, the reality is there's so much, there's so many more eyes on players now um, with the access to, you know, different streaming options that we have and di- different streaming apps, and you know, you, it just goes on and on. You, you talk about boxing and the UFC, and, you know, you look at how much money they're making now. It's because there's more people can buy Um, can buy the stream, you know. You can pay 50, 60 bucks to to buy the stream instead of going to the pub to watch boxing or the UFC. Um, Golf's another example. You know, golf's getting revamped with Liv and Liv's getting far more eyes on golf. They're attracting in the younger people. Marty to cricket, T20, you know, that didn't exist. And now you've got cricketers earning big money that they couldn't have dreamed of earning um, because things are revamping, getting more eyes on it, more options to watch it, making it more fun. So... Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting to see it. Um, it all play out, but who knows where it'll go? What's next? I guess. I guess the streaming at the moment is pretty. Um, oh, I don't know if you'd say saturated, but how, you know, once you've once you can get one streaming out, yeah, you can get the other. Um, but obviously, we've got the betting coming through. But I just think of how else can they evolve to continue to get the growth? But um, maybe for another episode.
0: Uh, Beautiful, Nick. Well, thank you for sharing. Uh, We've just really unpacked a sports-heavy episode, but that's uh, part of why the numbers game was called what it was called. We love our sports and uh, we love any opportunity we get to talk about it. So if you've enjoyed this episode, feel free to jump on and give it a bit of a rating. We need some more five-star reviews and we love hearing from our fans and listeners. Uh, Thank you again for tuning in. It's been another ripping episode. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Marty. And until next time...
1: Gamble responsibly. You win some, you lose everything. Game over.